Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X-Racer to Racer and Eye to Eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's Industry Seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires. Fly Racing, Blends All Racing Motor Oil, Works Connection, Plum Creek Funding, 612 Suspension, Fast Foundry, and Pro Glow. Good morning or afternoon or whenever the hell you're listening to this and welcome to another episode of the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas. It is actually Wednesday, June 15th and uh, yeah, if you're wondering why I didn't get this out on uh, the typical and desired Sunday, well, it's because I was uh, planes, trains and automobiles trying to get back from Germany and uh, yeah, kind of fell into a much needed sleep coma when I was not here at the office, which I'm actually at the uh, Western Power Sports offices recording this right now. And just kind of trying to get my life back together. I head back to Mount Morris for the High Point National tomorrow, which will be Thursday, for another round of uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross. And I get to go back to uh, the pit reporting job that, uh, yeah, it's my first season doing that. And if you've been following along, you've seen and heard um, the challenges and experiences of that. And I'm kind of looking forward to just getting better, getting more comfortable in that role and um, just more repetitions. I, I think that's really, really important is just getting reps and it'll get easier. As for this podcast, it is sponsored by Pirelli Tires. Thank you to them so much. Uh, they have uh, so many great tires. You've seen Tony Cairoli hole shotting on those Pirelli tires. He uses that scoop tire, which is interesting. Uh, most riders can't really get away with it, but the Pirelli one is really versatile compared to the competition. And you see the hole shots that are showing up because of it. He got both hole shots at Thunder Valley. He got one hole shot at Hangtown. So uh, he's batting 50%, which is pretty, pretty great as far as hole shots go. That's not an easy task. Also want to thank Plum Creek Funding. And if you've been paying attention Mortgage rates are skyrocketing, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. We are about to get a Fed rate hike later today, which is only going to exacerbate uh, that situation. So there's still time to act. You've definitely lost some opportunity. That's just being transparent, but I think it's going to get worse. So I would reach out to Zach Morris. His number is 720 212-4685 at Plum Creek Funding and ask what the best opportunities are and what options are. Um, if you are in the camp that you think rates are going to come back down pretty quickly, maybe you could look at doing an arm. I wouldn't recommend that. I've had one. It'd suck. There's just so much uh, variance and volatility. But you can certainly uh, ask about what the options are out there. Jumbo loans, I think, are still a, a decent deal. Um, but definitely just ask questions. Guts Racing. Gut sponsors the uh, Rockstar Husky 250 team, and Styles Robertson is typically at the front, and he's got tons of traction on that seat cover from using a Guts Racing seat. So thank you to Andy Gregg and the team over at Guts Racing. Fast Foundry, reach out to Robert Carrico, see what he can do for your small business. 
if it's true and we are tr- we are actually heading into a recession, you want to make sure that you have your ducks in a row. Uh, you don't want to leave anything to chance business-wise if we go into a recession. Um, this this FOMC meeting today that I, I mentioned a few minutes ago is going to be critical as for the direction and money's going to get more expensive to borrow and it's going to have a lot of, uh, I don't want to say long-lasting, but certainly midterm uh, ramifications to the economy. And uh, it's probably, we're probably going to get one of these every month for a while. It's just going to be how much they, uh, they hike rates. But you just want to make sure that you have everything dialed in because if you need to go borrow money to keep your business afloat, it's going to be very, very expensive if you can even get it because liquidity is going to come down. It's going to be tougher to borrow money. And even if your bank is willing to or whoever your lender is, if they're willing to or they even have the, the credit to do it, um, it's just going to be a really challenging environment. So make sure you, you uh, take advantage of every, every lifeline that could be out there to, to, get, um, yeah, to get your business as efficient as possible. Works Connection, uh, Eric Phipps and the crew. I actually got to see him right before Hangtown, as I mentioned on this podcast. But they swept both podiums using the Pro Launch Start device this weekend. I think they actually went first through fourth in the 250, which is incredible. So if you're wondering... Uh, which start device you should use for your bike. I think the answer is pretty clear. Um, they've been around a really long time and that's why the teams all choose to use a pro Launch start device. It works. It's reliable. It's easy to install. Uh, there's really just no downside to it. So check out works connection and WorksConnection.com for that pro Launch start device. There is a promo code JT 21, save you some money. Pro glow wash, uh, promo code is moto 15. And, uh, yeah, they're a sponsor of the, you know, Pulp MX Fantasy and this podcast. And, uh, yeah, they're getting into more and more power sports uh, themed items. So, uh, yeah, check out Pro Glow Wash, uh, part of the Pro Action Fluids community. And thanks to Ryan for, uh, for supporting all these things that we're involved in. Grandstone Boots, always keeping me looking good. And we're headed into summer. So I need to check out, they have like these new loafers. They have all kinds of new products over there um, that I don't even have any loafers yet. So maybe that's my next move. Um, I just know like, so I wore a suit to the Western Power Sports Awards Banquet and it would have been perfect to have loafers on for, but alas, I did not have any. So I am a, a victim of my own, uh, my own need. Uh, and then last but not least, fly racing. As I am here at the office right now, I'm in a room called the Fly Racing Conference Room. And yeah, there's fly racing products everywhere in here. So this, uh, when this building was built, this was designated to be kind of the, the room where we do business. If it's fly racing, if we have outside vendors, if we have clients, uh, this is where we, we meet. So we have this gigantic uh, kind of boardroom table and uh, yeah, I'm sitting here doing the podcast. So perfect uh, setting for the uh, fly racing sponsored industry seating podcast. So let's jump into this. Enough of the, uh, the pleasantries. I mean, what do you want me to say about Jet Lawrence? Seriously. He, um, he's just doing all the right things, man. You know, like, I'm not saying it was a perfect day. Like, I think that's pretty clear. It wasn't picture perfect. He didn't win either moto. But if you're really looking at the big picture, what more do you want from the guy? He goes 2-2 on the day. He's still sick, and he's won three overalls in a row. And I know there's, like, this big pushback from people right now on Jed as far as, like, oh, you know, there's too much hype, too many people are talking about him, like, you know, whatever, he's not that great. 
I don't know, man. I don't know what more you want the guy to do. He's your he's your 250 defending motocross champion. He won a Supercross championship this year, and he's won three overalls in a row, and he's still 18 years old. So I will just kind of shrug my shoulders at all the, the naysayers and, uh, yeah, just enjoy what this kid's bringing to the sport. Um, now, where does it go from here? That's anybody's question, but I think it's hard to bet against him. Uh, he's winning – without having, you know, bringing his best game. And that's a really scary thing for everyone else, you know, because he is going to have good days. Like he, it's not like it's going to go this way every time. He's going to have days where like where he, where he was at Fox Raceway. I firmly believe that. And those are going to be another win. So if these guys kept let, if they keep, they keep letting him win in unorthodox ways, good luck to you. It's going to be over. I mean, it's only 12 points, right. To, to his brother Hunter. So nothing is really out of reach by any means. But, you know, Hunter has to eliminate mistakes, too. And that's, you know, the next guy on my list to talk about is Hunter. He was fantastic in that second moto. Like, what more do you want? You know, he rode incredibly well. But if you're looking at a big picture, the first moto, he crashed. You know, and you can't do that with Jet. If you want to beat Jet in a series, I believe you have to be almost perfect. Like, you just do. And I don't see anybody that is capable of being perfect. And they certainly haven't been perfect to this point. So I'll, I'll happily stick with my jet prediction. I think Hunter's going to win motos. I think he'll win a couple overalls before it's all said and done. You know, Southwick could be, he could back up that win from last year. I just think he's going to have weekends where he gives points away, just like he has a bunch of times this year. He did it at Hangtown. He did it at Thunder Valley and you can't leave the door open. You know, he could have two overall wins right now. He, he really could. And instead he has zero. That's, that's just the situation. Not condemning him for it. I, I understand. I'm sure it's challenging to, to stay upright every moto. But if you want to be champion, that's just what it's going to take. You know, not everybody can be champion. It's just part, it's a really hard thing to do. Trust me, I, I never even got within sight of it. And uh, I was trying my ass off, so I totally get it. Levi Kitchen was fantastic in that first moto. Uh, that was easily the best ride of his life. And when, you know, when you have Jet come out and say that, you know, I tried to catch him and just couldn't, I gave it everything I had and just had nothing. That's, you know, that's pretty strong praise. And uh, I thought Levi deserved every bit of it. I just thought he really kind of rode, um, I don't want to say over his head's not the right phrase, but like above where I thought his ceiling was. How about that? Um, he really outperformed what I thought he was going to bring at, at any point during this season. So good for him. He backed it up well enough to, uh, to get on the podium. So kudos to him, man. Great, great job all day. I wasn't sure that he would really be able to do much in that second moto. Just was kind of worried about fitness and he looked pretty sick and pretty tired. And um, yeah, congrats to him for not, uh, not giving in, right. He found, found strength to come back and, uh, to get it done. So nice, really, really nice day for Levi kitchen, Justin Cooper, not terrible, but I mean, I'll, I would be lying if I said I didn't expect more, you know, like he's 39 points down in the series already. Like that's not, that's not amazing. You know, I don't think anybody can be thrilled with, uh, with that. So where does he go from here is really the main question, right? If, if he wants to be champion and he's made pretty 
made it pretty clear that that's the goal. He wants to be champion of this class. He's going to have to win, like, and win now. You know, like, he, Ricky Carmichael, I thought, was pretty transparent, saying that Justin was, he's not okay with podiums. Like, he wants to win in this class. And if that is the case, if that is your goal and you're dead set on being a winner and podiums are not, you know, he doesn't want to settle for podiums. They're not to the level that he has set for himself then you better figure it out. And, you know, he, he's a great starter. He started top three, both motos and he's putting himself in good position. So that's one huge piece of the puzzle that he doesn't really have to solve. The rest of it is he's got to find some pace. I think he, you know, the sprint speed at the beginning has got to be a little better. He's typically the guy that leads the first lap around, but when he's not able to get around Levi kitchen on the first lap, his teammate and kitchen actually gaps him that's a problem. Like it it just is a problem. There's no other way to really put it. So I think all things considered, he's got some work to do, you know, like it just, it just is what it is. Um, I'm not saying it's been a bad season so far, you know, obviously the outlier and the really tough moment of it was the first round. That's what killed him. But if you want to fix this, if you want to get back into championship contention, you want Jet Lawrence to be thinking about you all throughout the week. Because I, I promise you right now he's not. I think he's probably more worried about his brother than anybody else. If he wants to change that, he needs to come out and win this weekend. I, I'm not saying he can. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying to get this ship back going in the right direction, he needs to send a message to both Jet and Hunter that he's for real. Because right now they're looking at like, man, he's a lot of points down. And if we, you know, we can stick with him on the first lap or if he doesn't get the whole shot and check out, eh, that's what I, my, I believe how they're looking at it. Now, is that, is that reality? I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that I know exactly what their thoughts are. I'm just saying if I'm them and I'm looking at this, Justin Cooper's not a big threat right now. He's just not as good as he was last year or the year before, in my opinion. That's, there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons for that. Injuries and a late start to the season and a really bad first round, which hurt him in the points. Like All those things are super relevant, but they also count. They also are a reason why the two brothers wouldn't be super stressed, right? They're probably looking at each other going, I love you. You're my brother, but damn, I got to beat you. Like, I, that's, that's mission critical is to beat you. So just, uh, just something to keep an eye on as we go, you know, is, is it going to be the Lawrence brothers show or can someone else get in there and make this interesting? I kind of lean towards the, the former where it's just going to be the brothers show down the stretch. But, um, yeah, things happen like one big crash, a DNF, a bike mechanical, anything can change the the picture really quickly. And remember, we're only three races in out of, out of 12. So there's a whole tough summer still to go. Maybe it rains one weekend, maybe who knows, maybe there's a first turn pileup and one of them, you know, goes down. Th- same thing could happen to Cooper, you know, and if it does, he's pretty much out of it is the, the tough part. He just has really no room for error right now. Michael Mosman really fast. And also really angry that uh, the team couldn't sort out his bike uh, that, this weekend. They had big problems last year at Thunder Valley. And if you listen to my Patreon podcast, if you listen to any of the other things I've written, talked about or written, read the things I've written, you would know that the bike problem thing 
for Thunder Valley is real. It happens to someone every year, sometimes teams every year, and they can't figure it out. You know, they're always in this really tough no man's land between riders complaining about not having enough power. So they're, they have to address that, but they also will try to extend too far and then they run into bike issues. And whether it's a failure or it doesn't run right because the fuel boils or the fuel map's wrong, it's a really tough tightrope to walk. And uh, yeah, unfortunately for Michael Moseman and his title chances, the, uh, the Red, Bull, Red Bull gas cast team wasn't able to sort it out this weekend. So bummer for him. And I also would be remiss if I didn't mention, like, this is why I always say that five wins is so difficult, right? Mostman wasn't thrilled with me when I said that I was laughing when he said five wins. And I didn't mean it disrespectfully. I just thought it was really bold. It was more like, like not laughing at him. And I hope he didn't take it that way. It was more like laughing, like, wow, like that is, that's asking a lot, man. Like when you only have a couple wins, I don't even think he has an overall win yet, right? To ask for five in a season is, it's just a really, really big claim. And uh, that it just took me aback. And my initial reaction was kind of to laugh. Um, and this is a part of that, right? It's not because I don't think Michael Moseman is a great rider. It's because there are all these variables, a tip over, a first turn crash, a bike problem, and boom, you're out. You're not winning that weekend. Doesn't mean you don't win a moto, just like it at, uh, at Hangtown. But the second moto, what happened? He crashed, right? And boom, there goes the weekend where you were the fastest guy. You could have got one of those five, and you didn't. That was, that was really more my point. Okay, so let's jump into uh, the power rankings. And a disclaimer, the power rankings are exactly the same this week. So if you listened last week and you're like, you didn't change anything. You're right. I didn't. And I went through all of them, and I still feel like they are properly rated where they're supposed to be. So that's why I left them. I don't feel bad about that. I feel like this is how they should be in here. So uh, at number 10, I still have Joey Savacci. And I think he's just building, right? He's trying to get into better shape. He's trying to get his speed back. He's getting his outdoor legs under him. Because remember, he hasn't raced in a really long time, right? He hasn't raced since the beginning of Supercross. He had knee surgery. He actually came back really quickly from that, much sooner than most people thought he would be ready. So I think this has been a really successful opener to the series. Um, I, I think he's done really, really well, much better than I thought he would. I thought it would be very tough early on just because he came back so quickly. Now, if he had six, seven, eight months off and time to properly prepare, yeah, this is normal. Like I actually think he would be doing better, but he did not. He had like four months. And uh, yeah, it's just not a lot of time for that injury. Number nine, I have Aaron Plessinger and... It hasn't been great. I think we all know that, right? It just hasn't been a stellar motocross season yet. But I think it's coming. I think he will do better. I think when we go to the East Coast tracks, it suits him more. You get more ruts. You get different conditions. The dirt changes. It's tackier. Maybe we get some rain in the forecast. All those things work for AP. So I I fully expect uh, that to get better for him. Um, so just keep that in mind. Like I have him at nine. I don't think Red Bull KTM is thrilled with how he's done so far. And that's okay. Like I, I totally get it. You know, like they, they pay him a lot of money and they expect great results from him. So I'm not going to bury him. I'm just going to say, let's wait and see. We have nine more rounds to go. And I think a lot of those are positive change rounds for him. 
Now Southwick, maybe not. You know, I'm not saying he can't ride the sand, but it's not one that I would put at the top of the list. But tracks like Ironman, tracks like Mount Morris, uh, tracks like Unadilla, uh, there's a bunch of them in there that I think really do work for him. And I think those give him an opportunity to kind of propel up the, uh, up the standings. And there's another guy that's going to be out of the series, which is at number eight, that will help as well. And that's Tony Cairoli. Now, unfortunately, this is Tony's last round. And it's a bummer because he's basically doing it for free. And he just said he needs financial help to keep going. And KTM, I know Steve Mathis <laughs> wants to argue this point with me and people at Twitter are coming at me. And I get it, but budgets are a real thing. And if you listen to me talk about it earlier in this show during the sponsor reads, how it's really challenging out there right now. Global markets are not in a good place. Like it, asking for money from companies and things like that it's not a good time for that. So if this was a year ago, let's say 18 months ago when power sports market was exploding and you just, nobody could keep inventory of anything and everybody's margins are through the roof. That's a different story. And I, I bet, I don't know, but I bet you that the situation would change accordingly. I bet KTM would find a way to do it, but it's, it's not that same. It's not that same spot right now. We are heading into a much tougher financial environment right now. And I'm sure KTM knows that. I'm sure they see it. They're really smart people. They have budgets. They spend in, I don't even know the right phrase, a truckload of money on MotoGP. Like it's so much of their budget is being thrown at MotoGP. I think you'd have a better chance at getting more funding sent there than you would off-road right now. That, that's my guess. I have no evidence to back that up. I just think the MotoGP thing is a huge strain on everything. And they're, you know, once the budgets are set, going over that budget is, is probably a really difficult ask. And that, that's all speculation on my side. I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't phoned Austria. I haven't done anything. That's just my perspective from the way the world is right now and the outside looking in on their, their budget allocation. That's just what I kind of guess is going on. Uh, so it's, it's a bummer for Cairoli. Like it's bummer to lose him for the series. It's a bummer. He's not getting paid. I wish he was sticking around. He has a lot to the series. He's a great guy, but when it comes down to money, this was the situation going in. He knew it. They knew it and nothing's changing. So it's kind of, you just shrug your shoulders at it, right? There's, it's not like they're out to screw Tony at all. This was what they told him they could and couldn't do. And that's nothing's really changed from that standpoint. Number seven, uh, Ryan Dungey, and he's kind of on the other end of that where he is replacing Cooper Webb for this series. That was the deal, and I'm sure he's getting paid. He's, you know, a huge part of North America, KTM, their program, their legacy. He's here for the 12. He's, it's a different situation. It just is. You know, Tony was in. He was out. He's only doing two rounds. Like, there's just, to me, it's apples and oranges as far as the situation goes. With Dungey, they budgeted for this. They made him an offer. They're sticking to that offer. Here you go. Okay. So th that's, it's really cut and dry. Like they never, they didn't offer Tony a bunch of money and then would retract it. You know, it's just been what the, the, the offers were and what the situation was. Um, so don't get those two situations confused where they're like, oh, well, they're helping Dungey. Why wouldn't they help Caroli? Well, that's, those were decisions were made a long time ago, you know, and that budget was allocated to Ryan. It wasn't ever allocated to, to Tony Cairoli. Tony is a test rider and a brand ambassador. He's not a full-time racer anymore. He's not paid as a full-time racer anymore. 
that he retired last November. That's just what the deal is. Number six, I have, oh, and just to mention on Dungy, he's going to get better in my opinion. Um, I don't, I know not everybody thinks he's going to get better. I personally do. I think, uh, as we go East, I think the conditions are going to get tougher. I think he will be better as thing, you know, as it gets tougher to go faster for longer, I think Dungy will get better accordingly. And easy conditions, fast tracks are not Dungy's thing. Tough days, hot days, rough tracks, really brutal on everybody. That's when Dungy has always shined. And I think that's when he will shine in 2022 as well. So just something to, uh, something to keep in mind there. Number six, Justin Barsha. Uh, it's been wildly mediocre. Uh, he was better, I think, last weekend, right? It wasn't, uh, wasn't catastrophic, but um, it hasn't been great so far this season, right? He's been struggling to be in the top 10 at some rounds. He got good starts, wasn't able to stay up there at Thunder Valley. So I don't feel bad in saying that I expect and have expected more from uh from Barsha it's just kind of where I come down on it I, I hold him in a really high regard he's been a top three top five rider in this series for a very long time and he just doesn't look like he's up to par he doesn't look like he is on the same level that he has been on for a very long time and even that he was in Supercross I thought he was really good in Supercross this year so it's not like this whole year's been a drop off and maybe he's too old and just over you know past his peak or any any of those things I don't believe that because a month ago, two months ago in Supercross, he was just fine. He, he was actually really good. Um, you know, look at Salt Lake, how fast he was, getting a podium, battling for top three in the series, which that's a whole different topic. Point being, these results have been much worse than they, he's been all year. So I don't know if it's the bike. He, he's mentioned they've been working on the bike and gotten it a lot better. That hasn't necessarily shown up all the way yet. He was a little better at Thunder Valley. I'll give him that. So maybe, you know, Mount Morris getting back East Coast will kind of light that fire for him. We'll just wait and see. It hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been great. Christian Craig, I have a five still. He's been solid, man. Like even, even overcoming adversity crashes on the start of that uh, second moto gets all the way back to 10th. And I like, I just like what I'm seeing from him. He looks strong mentally. He's in shape. He's fast. Um, Yeah, I don't have anything negative to say about Christian Craig. I think he's making a great transition and move uh into this this 450 class as a full-timer he's doing everything that um you know teams and sponsors would ask him to do number four now we're getting into the nitty-gritty and we go to ken roxon who was your overall winner at uh, thunder valley and, and i know like how do you have him at four blah 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 well look at his year so far okay supercross was terrible he left the series you know like that was a huge bummer and it's been it's been rough in 2022 for him. So yes, really good round at the opener, pretty good round at Hangtown, and then he wins round three. So the question is, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to move him? Like if you're, if you are like, man, he should be higher. Well, think about it. Number three is your points leader, Chase Sexton. Okay. Sexton was really good in Supercross. I'm not going to bump Roxon over Sexton and pass the points leader. That's, that doesn't feel right. Okay. Number two is going to be Anderson. Anderson won seven supercrosses and has already won an outdoor. There's no way I'm pushing Roxanne ahead of that. Okay. And then Tomac is your champion and 
has won, uh, what, two out of the last four motos or whatever. He's been fantastic. So there's no way I'm moving. I mean, he, that's not even a, a question. Am I moving him ahead of Tomac? So I think he just has to be at four. And it's not an undeserving four. It's not like he has been bad by any means. I think it's just a really solid top four right now. And that's the Supercross thing really hurts. So for those of you who don't have a problem with him at four, I apologize for being long-winded. But I know there are some really diehard Roxon fans that are probably like, man, he's better. Look how good he was this weekend. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Show me some more and we'll talk. So number three, uh, I have Chase Sexton. And I mean, the only thing holding Chase Sexton back right now is Chase Sexton. You know, he is still your points leader, but look at the crashes he's had that he's taken himself out of winning positions. Minneapolis, like you just go down the list of the times where Sexton should have been your winner. This weekend should have been your winner. And he ends up on the ground. Just, I don't know why. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know. I I think it's mental because I don't, there's no real other reason for it. It's right at the end of the race. I think in my guess, right, this is just me guessing. There's, you have no reason to believe me. Take it with a grain of salt. But I think it could be one of those things where he starts thinking about the win. He starts thinking about something else. You know, he's not focused on what he's doing. I don't think it's like a fatigue thing or, you know, James Stewart had to start taking Adderall because he was losing focus. I don't believe it's that. I think Chase is letting his mind wander. He's thinking about something else. Whatever that is, that's up to him to figure it out. But I I think he is not staying locked in to that moment. You know, there's going to be plenty of time to celebrate, right? He's got to stay 100% focused on what he's doing all the way to the checkered flag. Doesn't mean it doesn't matter if he's winning by two seconds or 32 seconds. Just focus on what you're doing. And at some point, that's going to sink in because I'm sure it is brutally tough to give those wins away. It has to be just so hard on him to swallow like last weekend like he had it he did everything right the stupidest crash cost him another overall win so uh yeah just just tough but the riding is great right so if you're looking for a silver lining the riding has been absolutely phenomenal for him and i don't expect that to uh i don't expect that to change i I really like everything he's doing as far as his riding goes uh moving into the number two spot jason anderson Kind of a, a bummer of a weekend because he hits his hand on that barrier. You know, everything seemed to be working. He was battling with Tomac. I think, you know, he has a lot of fight in him right now. He's in shape. The bike's working. But he hit that barrier, and we don't really know how bad that was on his hand. You know, I don't think anything's broken or anything like that. But it kind of took the wind out of his sails, and he had all of this forward momentum going. And it's it's hard, man. You, you injure yourself on whatever level, and you just get deflated, right? You're not thinking about moving forward. You're not charged up and kind of like just what I was talking about with sex. You're not locked in anymore. Your mind is just thinking about your hand. He's probably like, oh, no, is my hand broken? How bad is this going to be? Is the series over? All that stuff is hard to not dwell on in the middle of a moto. You know, like it it overwhelms your thought process. And uh, I think you just saw that play out in the results. Like he just wasn't the same all day. Hopefully the hand's not a problem moving forward. We'll see this weekend. I think you'll be able to tell right away. If he comes out swinging and looks fine in, you know, in practice on Saturday morning, then, uh, yeah, then I think he'll be, he'll be just fine. So we'll just we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but I, think, I don't think it's going to be a, a, long, like a la- long-lasting problem. Excuse me. 
Number one should be no shock, uh, Eli Tomac. And he was great. You know, I think he was probably frustrated that he didn't get the overall. He's probably frustrated that Chase Sexton crashed. But he, if there was any doubt about his knee, if there was any doubt about the bike, I think those can all be put to rest. You know, I don't think he's going to win the championship by 50 points or anything. It's not one of those seasons for him. But I still have him, even though he's not your points leader, I still have him as the odds-on favorite to get this thing done because I think he'll make the least amount of mistakes. I think the days where he wins, he wins convincingly. And then the other days, he's still, I don't know, two, three, four. You know, and th- those add up. Those, uh, you know, those other guys, Roxon, Sexton, Anderson, there's too much variance in the results. Sexton could be the outlier to that. I really think he has the potential to be the exception where he's just there every time. But those crashes, man, the crashes are a thing. Roxon, I think, is going to have some tough weekends where the weather gets to him. He just can't put it all together because of something. His body lets him down. It's too hot. Something, right? And maybe I'm wrong, but history tells us that he's going to have a few tough days throughout the summer. And then Anderson has just never really done it. He's never been there throughout a whole season right at the very tip of the spear. Doesn't mean he can't do it. Doesn't mean this isn't his year, but he's never been able to do it. And I've seen Tomac do it a ton of times. So that's kind of what I'm leaning on. Um, other notes for this podcast, uh, obviously I was in Germany last weekend, so I got to talk to all kinds of people about all kinds of things. Um, it does sound like Tom Vial, who is your, he was your MX2, um, points leader. He had a bike mechanic on the, and race two. He's a former world champion. It sounds like he's coming to America for 2023. I, that was all news to me, but I heard it enough to where I believe it's a real thing. Um, I I expect him to be at Red Bull KTM for 2023. Uh, So just something to keep your eye on. He's really talented, really technical, French rider. So you figure Supercross is going to be something he can figure out. But uh, yeah, that was interesting news uh, to kind of hear from, yeah, from several people. Uh, Motocross of Nations was on uh, the minds of lots of people. You know, those teams over there are starting to plan logistically for that, right? Like they have... They have these flyaways, they're about to go to Indonesia, but they also have to think about motocross and nations because they have to pack and send everything. And it's just a, they have to think much further out than the American teams will for that race. American teams have to think about that. You know, if we're going to Europe, kind of start talking about it, but everyone's starting to position and ask questions about the teams. Now for America, that's a pretty good question. And and on the Pulp Show on Monday night, we kind of asked, went around the room and asked who should be on the team. My picks would be Tomac. Um, I think we go Chase Sexton on the, you know, Tomac and Sexton 450. And then um, Justin Cooper, as long as he keeps progressing, I like him for the 250. He's a good starter. You need a great starter at that race because on the 250 up against 450s, you need to get up towards the front of the group. You need to be in the first half of the field, let's say. And then Justin Cooper can kind of hang on from there. And he's always been pretty good at Red Bud anyway. And after watching him at Assen, in 2019, I have full confidence in Cooper at that event. Um, he, it didn't feel too big for the, for him. Like the moment wasn't too big for him. Um, I just liked his approach to it. And he's a really confident rider and we need somebody that can go head to head against Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence, whichever one decides to ride, which bike. Uh, so I like Justin Cooper in that spot. If something happens to him, I'm not totally opposed to the Barsha on the 250 thing or moving a 450 guy down. I just think there's something to 
having a rider that's used to it. They've been racing all year on that bike. They're in their zone. They're comfortable. There's not, they don't have to do all this testing, like none of that stuff. They just keep going. The season ends. They ride for a couple of weeks. Boom. We're at red butt again. I, I really like that dynamic. So we'll see, we'll see who get kind of gets asked. I'm sure that the, uh, you know, team USA are starting to put the feelers out. Who's in, who's out a potential list is probably floating around. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm already getting excited. I know for us at fly racing, we're already making our plans. Like I had a meeting yesterday about it, trying to get everything nailed down. Um, cause it's going to be the event of the year period. Like there's no other way to, uh, to look at it than that. It's going to be the event of the year. So I can't wait. Um, I just hope and pray the weather cooperates. Uh, you never know, like it's, it's going to be a crapshoot late September, but, uh, I really think it has the potential to be kind of an all time type event. Uh, MXGP was amazing. I had a great time. The weather was better than you could possibly ask for. Like it was really, really that good. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy every time I get to go over there. You know, some trips are better than others. This one was, was really great. Hard on me as far as travel, because I'm going back and forth to these, you know, Lucas Oil promotocross races. Um, and I was definitely feeling it on Monday when I got home, but uh, I'll never shy away from opportunity to go over there. You know, I, Paul Malin is so great with me, like patient, walks me through everything I need to know. Um, and I, I think we are developing some chemistry, he and I together. And we kind of know when, you know, we know each other's cadence now and when he wants to talk to me and he knows my strengths and, and obviously weaknesses. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really great dynamic that I hope we can, uh, we can continue for, for years to come. So Thank you to in front. Thank you to uh, Paul Malin. Thank you to Sergio Marini. Thank you to everybody who has a hand in helping me get there. Of course, fly racing too, uh, because that's that's fun for me. I, I really like how that's kind of coming along. So, MXGP was its own deal. You know, um, Benestant was incredible. Gets the win. I mean, what a fantastic ride from him. Uh, Geertz was pretty solid. I think he just kind of mailed it in and was played it safe on the day, which is fine. He takes the points lead in the process not a great track for him. And then, yeah, the, the big letdown was for Vial, you know, it wasn't his fault. Uh, the bike just let go. You know, he should have, I think he would have been your overall winner, but, um, yeah, these things happen. Dirt bikes break part of it. The MXGP class, it's the, still the Tim Geiser show. He was back on the podium after a few rounds away. He's got a hundred point lead. Okay. So what do you want to do? You know, like the series was, has been without hurlings. We got Fevra back for the first, you know, first time of the year. But barring disaster, the series is kind of over, you know, and there's still like nine, eight or nine rounds to go. And the air has kind of been sucked out of the championship uh, in the MXGP class. So it is still fun to watch, you know, Jeremy Sewer and these guys try to kind of rise up and become alphas in this class, especially in the absence of hurlings and as Febra gets back to form. But there's just not a lot of suspense there as far as championship goes. Um, it's, it's almost kind of everyone's kind of handed Tim the trophy already. So that's it for this week. Thank you to, uh, to everybody for listening. I appreciate, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys taking the time to, uh, to make the industry seating part podcast a part of your day. Check out all the great sponsors of this, uh, of the show. You know, they are, they are helping me, uh, just trying to get their name in front of you guys. And hopefully, uh, loyal listeners will be loyal supporters of, uh, of all those companies. So we'll talk to you uh, next Sunday. It's actually going to be my birthday on Sunday. So I'll try to knock this podcast out on the scheduled day instead of making you guys wait. But it is very much appreciated that you do listen and, and are patient when it doesn't come out right on time.
So see you next time. See you.